Hello and welcome to today's podcast. You are listening to the interview section of the weekly sport piece. In this section, we talk with authors about the papers that we discussed on the podcast. Today, I'm glad to talk with Dr. Zach Fong. Zach is an assistant professor and analyst for the Office of Labor and Economic Analysis at the United States Air Force Academy. He got his bachelor, master, and PhD degrees from the University of New Hampshire and had a postdoctoral fellowship at Montana State University. He has recently published some papers on applied microeconomics in topics like labor, health, crime, and sports economics. And not only about the paper that we discussed some weeks ago, but other paper that grabbed my attention was one working paper called Do Minimum Wage Increases Reduce Crime? That, in my opinion, was really interesting. So, Zach, I'm very happy and grateful that you found the time for this conversation. Welcome, and thank you very much for making room for us. Of course, thank you, Tadeo, for that really kind introduction and for you know, giving me some time to talk with you today about this paper. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, thank you. So, well, today we talk about the sports research, as you have seen in our podcast before, and specifically about your paper on the spillovers to crime from alcohol sales at college football games. But before starting to talk about this particular research, I would like to know a little bit more about your institution, the United States Air Force Academy, and your daily life there. So can you tell us a little bit more about the institution, your work, and your life there? Yeah, so I started at the Air Force Academy in June, so I've only been here about four months or so, but I'm super excited to be here. The Academy, it's unique to many other institutions in the U.S. and abroad in that it's not only has a strict kind of educational mission, but there's also the mission of training the students, which here are called cadets, into being officers in the United States Air Force once they graduate. So it's interesting in that the cadets are very strong students, but then around campus at time too, you can see them doing different military exercises and what have you. So it's definitely a unique experience. But again, I've only been here a few short months, but I really enjoy my colleagues here. They're very smart, friendly. The cadets are very sharp. And just the setting, so the Air Force Academy is in Colorado Springs, which lies along the Rocky Mountain Range. And so there's some really beautiful scenery of the mountains all around. So I've only been here a short time, but I really do enjoy it here. No, that's super nice. I mean, definitely, it's a really unique institution in this term. But as we're talking about sports and sports podcasts, and I already told that they're making these physical exercises you do have athletics department there right mm -hmm. so which sports would you say that they are particularly good at and do you commonly attend matches that they participate good question so i still need to buy a ticket but i'm planning <laughs> so the the football team american football for our you know non-us listeners their football team is having a game tomorrow against boise state and they are what's division one so that's kind of like the top college division football's pretty good i haven't been to any hockey games yet but i'd like to go to those because that's a, a sport that i like to play as well but generally speaking across the academy it's all division one programs so there's definitely a pretty big sports component to the institution as well which i obviously enjoy i do research in it and i enjoy watching sports and whatnot who knows? Really, really nice. So, okay, let's move on to your own research. So we have recently discussed this paper about spillover to crime from alcohol sale at 
college football games. This paper has been published in Journal of Sports Economics. That's like a kind of leading journal in our field. So how did you come up with this research idea particularly? Great question. So just first, I would kind of preface to say I love football, but my main viewing medium for football has always been the National Football League, which is the professional league for football in the United States. But I do enjoy college football as well. But getting to how I got to the question or this topic was that I saw this news article that the Southeastern Conference, which is one of the top college football conferences in the United States, that a few years ago, they put in this policy that allows its member schools and its conference to decide whether they want to sell alcohol during the games or not. Because previous to that, in the SEC, which is what the conference is referred to as, and in many other conferences within college football, they didn't allow the sale of alcohol in the stadiums during the games. And so now the SEC was allowing that. A lot of other schools were starting to allow it too. And how it piqued my interest was that I had known about the literature, the existing literature on how on college football game days that there can be increased incidence of crime. And I also knew about the pretty extensive literature about alcohol access and consumption and what that can mean for crime as well. So I thought these are kind of linking those two things together. So I thought that it would be important to look at these alcohol sales from the perspective of whether these could have criminal impacts as well. No, really, really interesting. I mean, I would say, so the most enjoyable part that I wanted to ask you somehow you already covered, but what was the most challenging point developing this research? Yeah, I would say, I mean, this isn't limited to me. I think this is a lot of times with a lot of people's research. I'm sure some of your own as well. But just collecting data sometimes can be really tough. So the data part that I thought was the toughest in this project was really just getting good information for each school on whether, one, if they're selling alcohol during the games, and two, when it happened, because I need that policy date in order to conduct my analysis. And so... Sometimes this wouldn't be too hard that, you know, these schools, they have their kind of athletic department websites and they have information on there, either press releases, et cetera, what have you, that sometimes really explicitly laid out like, okay, this year we're starting to sell alcohol. These are the parameters, et cetera. So that was nice when that was the case. But there are other times where I really couldn't find anything on the internet. So what I would have to do is essentially just like cold email athletic directors at these schools who the last thing in the world at the time I was still a PhD student. The last thing I want to do is reply to this pushy PhD student about trying to get this policy data. So that was tough. I think in terms of the fixed cost of conducting this project, that was the biggest upfront fixed cost was really getting the policy data. It was pretty difficult at times. Oh, well, I really see that. I mean, it gives more credit, by the way, in the sense that you had a really great data for publishing that paper and you worked really hard on that. So, and one point that I realized that you, I mean, you wrote this paper alone, so you were a single author in this publication. So mm -hmm. I would ask you how difficult it was, and it's clear, at least from this data perspective, that it was tough, as you mentioned as well. But did someone help you over this process, or can you tell some other difficult things? during this process that you'd like to share with us? Completely. I mean, yeah, it's single authored technically, but especially seeing as I was a grad student where I was starting this project, I got a lot of help from my committee members, especially my dissertation advisor, Karen Conway at the University of New Hampshire, and many other people too that 
obviously with any type of research, you go through it, all the different phases, you have questions at times, you know, what's the next step moving forward? How should I think about this result? And I definitely had help from many mentors and many people when I presented this work at various conferences. They really helped me push this project along and help focus on the things that were the most important. Again, it was technically single author, but I had a ton of people that helped me throughout the way. And hopefully I put in a pretty beefy acknowledgement section at the end of this paper and I hopefully <laughs> hit most of the people in there. But yeah, but there was a lot of people helped me with this work for sure. No, that's nice to hear. Yeah, I actually read this huge acknowledgement that you had and I saw many of these names and this was cool. So, okay, one more question about the paper itself is like, I mean, you already mentioned this knowledge in the previous literature, and we are seeing that in the relationship between alcohol sales, sports, and crime is certainly growing recently. Mm -hmm. So in our podcast, we discussed another paper like analyze the game crime link in football matches. I'm developing a paper with some friends as well that is under review that inspects whether the alcohol policy change in Brazil increased or decreased antisocial behavior at fans during football mm -hmm. matches, so particularly inside the stadium. But speaking specifically about your research, for me it was interesting that among your findings, what you evidenced that the alcohol sales was associated with reductions in arrest of liquor law violations, disorderly conduct in home games. So for me, it's really interesting because most of the people usually associate alcohol consumption with rise in violence Mm -hmm. in game day and this is not what you got and then was really really nice so do you really believe that this is a kind of particular finding for the setting that you had college football something that is specifically for the united states or in professional sports different contexts the results could be different or if someone decided to do similar research can find something different as well i don't know if you understand what i meant Yeah, great question. I would agree. I mean, at first blush, if you kind of like read my abstract, I think a lot of people would be kind of surprised that I find some of these reductions. But, you know, there are stories you can tell. And hopefully I'll lay it out in the paper a bit. Like if you think about this game day, it's like this three-period model, the pregame, during the game, and after the game. If you actually start allowing consumption in that during the game period, it could potentially smooth consumption across the periods, which I talk about, which could lower crime. But getting to the point about You know, this is kind of like almost an external validity type question in terms of how could this apply to other settings? And I would first even just sticking, remaining within college football, and I'll say, you know, one of the big limitations of my paper is that even within college football, I don't have like a full sample representation of all schools, especially those that are kind of considered those top programs, you know, the ones that have the 100,000 seat stadiums, have full houses every week. So that's one issue. And then also just having more recent data, too, because a lot of this movement in terms of allowing alcohol sales has really ramped up, I would say, in the past five or six years. So I even just think from a college football perspective, if you had a more recent study with a bigger, more representative sample, you could possibly find something different than what I find. So I would say that's number one. And then kind of applying that outside, you know, you may think of like association football, either in South America or Europe. I think there could be differences there too. I mean, from a cultural sports viewing, going to the game perspective, I don't have as much background knowledge in terms of, you know, what fans are like in those atmospheres, but depending upon the differences with that, as well as just in terms of the specifics of how 
an alcohol policy is carried out. Like in most of the schools for college football, it's like you can buy two drinks at a time and they cut off sales at the end of the third quarter, which is about 75% of the way through the game. And so, I mean, even if you just tinkered those things and if, say if those were different in places like Europe or South America, that could lead to different impacts too. But I agree that what I find, it's not an open and shut case. Like, oh, we know everything we need to know about alcohol policy at sporting events now. Like, no, it's, I think it's an important area of research that definitely needs more work done to really better understand what the impacts are from this kind of social welfare type perspective. Mm -hmm. No, excellent. I mean, I totally agree with you, but it's really, really nice. And I just, I mean, I made a point going by into the end of your paper when you are suggesting future research and you say that further paper could inspect, for example, the alcohol-related health outcomes. And yeah. you mentioned college football fans, but would be nice to do in professional sports as well. So could you tell us a little bit more whether you are doing something in this regard or how much you think that is relevant, such kind of research as well? Yeah, that's a good question. So like you said, I mentioned kind of there some of those future avenues. And I do think one of them is kind of like a, that health aspect. And one of the things that I was thinking about when I was actively working on the paper was I was really curious if I could get like data on town or city level, like almost hospital admissions, because I was thinking along the lines of people going to the hospital for things like binge drinking and being sent there for alcohol poisoning or something like that. But based upon my searches, I just don't know if the data exists at that fine of, of a level. But I think that's certainly like something that could be happening, especially, you know, if these alcohol sales policy are really impacting that intensive margin of alcohol consumption that it's pushing people to that edge of that they're really over consuming. And that could be an important health impact that we'd want to be able to measure when, when again, when these policymakers, whether it be in college football at the school level or leagues at a league level, deciding what to do about alcohol policy. No, awesome. No, really, really nice. So, well, Just going to this end, it's like, I know that the sports economy is not the, your only field of research, but I mean, after this talk, it's quite clear that how much you like, that you are interested, really interested in sports economics as well. So now I'm curious to know whether you have other papers in progress using sport data. And if so, what could we expect to see from you in the next months, in the next years in this regard? But if you don't have anything about doing right now in sports, if you can share with us on what you are working right now, it would be really nice. Yeah, so me and a co-author of mine, Ben Brewer, who's at University of Hartford, he, he was a couple of years ahead of me in grad school at the University of New Hampshire. And we had this idea for, I feel like for years now, but we finally actually started putting in some work into it the last year. But we're looking at the Super Bowl. So another you know, mm -hmm. football question. Super Bowl, again, for those who may not be aware, it's the championship game of the National Football League. And at least in the United States, it's typically speaking, the most viewed event each year, over about 100 million viewers. So it's a big game. It's considered in the sports econ literature. You hear about those mega events now, things like the FIFA World Cups, UEFA Championships. The Super Bowl is kind of lumped into one of those type of mega events. But anyway, so we're kind of interested in looking at the Super Bowl from this externality perspective of, are there any externalities that the Super Bowl could be producing that aren't necessarily considered in that calculus of what are the impacts of these mega events? Because a lot of times you hear in the U.S., 
about the Super Bowl, especially places and cities that want to host the game, is that they put out these impact reports and they say, oh, it's going to bring us so much money. It's the best thing in the world. And they use these things to build new stadiums and then host Super Bowls. And again, none of this is to say that I'm anti-Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl. It's one of my favorite days of the year, honestly. But it is important to kind of evaluate some of these claims and to think about possible externalities. So all this long-winded intro is just to say that we're looking at the impact that the Super Bowl has on motor vehicle fatalities. And that being because this day, the day of the Super Bowl, it induces social gatherings. A lot of times, either at people's Mm -hmm. homes, you hear of things like Super Bowl parties, or people go to bars, and obviously those that are in the host community, they could be going to the game. And as people would probably be aware of, if they listened to the podcast last week about my paper, again, a lot of times sports involve some alcohol consumption that goes on. Mm -hmm. So the same is true of the Super Bowl. And so the idea is that when people, they may be traveling home from the game, either because they're at a, a bar or a restaurant or that somebody's viewing party, they've been drinking, then that could increase the likelihood of possibly an accident and a death ultimately. And so we actually do find that the Super Bowl is associated with about a 15% increase in motor vehicle fatalities. If you compare that Super Bowl Sunday to the Sunday the prior week and the Sunday the following week as those kind Mm -hmm. of control groups. So about a 15% increase in motor vehicle fatalities. And if you look at specifically at alcohol involved motor vehicle fatalities, it's about, I think it was like 40% increase. So a pretty big effect. And then in the second part of the paper, we try to look to see if there's any type of like a traffic safety measure. So you could think of something like a seatbelt law or a blood alcohol content limit, as well as the rollout of various ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber, whether those types of factors have any mitigating effect that the Super Bowl has on fatalities on the Super Bowl Sunday. And so at least thus far, we still need, you know, there's more work to be done. But thus far, it doesn't look like any of those traffic safety measures or the ride share really pushes down any of those negative impacts. So yeah, so the upshot of this paper at this point is, yes, the Super Bowl actually has some of these externalities that people may not readily think about, that being these motor vehicle fatalities that, again, should be considered when these different cities and teams are talking about, oh, the Super Bowl is going to be great for our community. Please give us all your public funding. It's going to be just unicorns and show ponies. No, well, yes, there's some be- there's there are benefits, but there can also be cons. Mm-hmm. Identify here. No, that I mean, it sounds really fantastic. I mean, good luck with the, <laughs> the continuation of this paper. We're gonna keep following your updates, so I hope that it gets published. So, Zach, really, thank you very much for visiting our podcast. I really hope you had a good time. I did. I Again, today, I really appreciate the venue you provided here, and I was happy to chat with you today. I had a good time. Wonderful. So this is everything for today's interview. Thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece. Bye for now. <laughs>